Hi everybody, I'm Sass Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Now, if you're tired of putting all your marketing bucks into social media without much success, then today's guest has music for your ears. Tanya Williams is a marketing maverick whose book, Sales Without Socials, rethinks the way that you market your business. Tanya has spent years helping small business owners and soloists make the most of their marketing spend. And if you're tired of overcomplicated funnels, expensive software or fancy tools, well, Tanya has plenty of tips to help you fight the overwhelm. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you very much, Sess. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. I always like to hear that. Now, let me delve a little deeply into your background, not too deeply, but you're quite the marketing whiz. Where did that passion for marketing come from? I think um, I've always been very creative and that was what really drew me to, to marketing was that you know, ability to be able to be creative and come up with ideas and, and help um, clients who weren't necessarily as creative as what I am. So I think that was the, the in the early days, that was the big draw card. Um, and the fact that it was constantly changing, there was new things happening. I never wanted to be um, working in a job where it was the same thing day in, day out. And you certainly can't say that about marketing, particularly in the digital world these days. There are constant changes that we have to keep across. So um, for me, yeah, having that variety, that flexibility and, and being able to be creative is, is really important to me. Mm. Were you the kid that made the sign that would sell the snow to the Eskimos? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I was always, I always wanted career and instead of playing mums and dads, I'd play, oh, I'm going to work now and I'd jump in my my my, my pretend car with my pretend wallet and and all that sort of stuff so I was very career focused um I wasn't the I wasn't entrepreneurial at that age because I didn't really I wasn't really aware of that world um so that sort of developed a lot later and so obviously marketing is super essential to small business owners these days there's such a crowded marketplace no matter what business you're in so what um and controversially you don't think social is it, like which is going to like blow most of our listeners' ears off their heads because they've been hammered into them, social media, social media, Absolutely. social media. Yeah. But you've got a different um, message to tell them. Yeah, look, and I'm not anti-social media. It has its place in the marketing mix. But what I'm seeing these days is too much emphasis put on social media. Um, so a lot of, you know, obviously marketing experts that have a vested interest, are like you have to do social, you have to run ads, you have to do reels, you know, you have to do all this stuff. And for a lot of small business owners, that's really overwhelming to start with because social is constantly changing. The algorithms are constantly changing. Um, it's now, you know, it's no longer a free platform. Um, and business owners are just going, oh my God, I can't keep up with this. It's so mentally exhausting. So I'm seeing a bit of a switch and a bit of a move for people going, what else can I do? Like I've been doing this, it's not working for me. I feel like I'm on this hamster wheel and I'm doing all the things, but the things aren't working as they're supposed to be also all the experts are telling me to. And I think it, um, there's a mindset, mindset shift happening where people are now going, there has to be a better way. So for me, it's about going, well, you know, perhaps, you know, if you're an e-commerce store, you know, social could be great for you because, you know, you're selling a low price product, um, you know, it's it's where your, your audience is. But a lot of the time that's not the case. So professional services, you know, a lot of their audience isn't necessarily on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn has its own set of rules, but I think 
way too much emphasis being put on social. We have been brainwashed by social media channels and all these experts that say we have to be on it. And it's simply not true. And I think um, it's now the time for people to go, oh, actually, there, there are more effective ways for me to spend my time where I'm actually going to get a better return on investment. And it's not going to drain me mentally at the same time. Mm. So what kind of things are we talking about there? Is it uh, like partnerships, perhaps? There are so many different things that people can do um, when it comes to not marketing on social media. So I look at it in three different um, categories, I suppose. You've got your build strategies, your borrow strategies, and your buy strategies. So, I mean, there's so many things that we can unpack, but at top level, I'll just throw a few of those at you. So build strategies tend to take longer because you're building your own audience or you're building some sort of online community. And that's things like making sure your website's optimised, um, having lead magnets on there so you're capturing visitors, um, using your database more effectively. So many people have these databases and they don't do anything with them and it's really a lot of gold that sits there that they're not actually utilising. Um, you know, it could be podcasts, webinars, events, old-fashioned cards. That's one of the things that I'm seeing um, a lot lately is sending a card or a postcard in the mail to a prospect that you haven't been able to get in front of straight away you stand out because no one does that anymore. So good old-fashioned snail mail, um, you know, being really creative with your direct mail pieces, reaching out to past customers. Like there's so many things just in that space alone that you can do that will actually get you a better result. Um, then we look at borrow strategies. So definitely things like partnerships, collaborations, guesting. So guesting is when you might be a guest on someone's webinar or podcast or you write them a blog. Um, collaborations is one which is hugely underutilised. So finding those people who have the same audience as you that are um, complementary to what you do and you can work together to both and both of you can reach new people or new eyeballs, you know, PR, media, all those types of things. And then, of course, you've got your buy strategies, which tend to work the fastest because we're putting money behind it. But, you know, your YouTube ads, your Google ads, your sponsorships, you know, all those sorts of things. And obviously we can go into a lot more, but it's it's about going, well, instead of spending, you know, you can easily spend 40 hours a month on social media and get really small results, if anything, or you can spend half that time on a bunch of other, um, you know, marketing strategies actually work better for you. So it's about shifting the mindset a little bit as well. Hmm. So how much time do you recommend a business owner puts into their marketing? Look, it really depends on how far along they are along the, um, you know, in, in business. If they're, if they're newer, it might take them a little bit longer and they might need to spend a bit more time on their marketing. Um, or if they're more established, they might have a lot more clients, so it's they don't need to spend as much. But look, anywhere from, I don't know, like perhaps, you know, 16, 25 hours a month perhaps. And look, it doesn't necessarily even need to be that much. It really depends on how many channels you are actually using. So I find that people that are focused on social media spend the most time on their marketing and probably get the least results because they're really just focused on social and they're putting all their eggs in one basket. So as that platform changes, like we know Facebook every day, organic reach is getting lower and lower, engagement's getting lower. It's now costing you to run ads and boost posts and do all these things, which it never used to back when it first started. So it now is a pay-to-play platform and people just aren't getting the results because obviously the more people that are using it, the higher the demand, the less people you're actually getting in front of. Whereas they can do more strategic things like, you know, having those email blasts, um, doing some videos, you know, connecting in real life at events and having real conversations with people often is time better spent 
um, rather than, you know, going, I have to do all this on social because someone's told me I have to and it doesn't really sometimes, it doesn't align with them personally as well. They feel a bit icky about it and go, I don't want to do this. It doesn't feel right. So it's for business owners, they really need to understand where the audience plays um, and spend more time there rather than focusing on channels where maybe your audience isn't or you're just not getting that cut through or that result. Hmm. But still also don't just focus on one channel because you don't want to put all your eggs in the one basket, do you? Absolutely. Like mix it around, have a few different channels that, you know, work for you. Like I know people that um, have fantastic podcasts and they get a bunch, you know, 45, 40, 50% of their leads from their podcast and they've built that up, but that's a slower burn as well. It takes time. Other people do email marketing really effectively. You know, look at a lot of retail and fashion stores and stuff are great at that. Um, it, It really is very dependent on the type of business that you have, but don't be afraid to go a bit outside the square as well. You know, I recently um, did a campaign and ran, ran Spotify ads. So there's things like that where people go, oh, I didn't know you could run ads to Spotify. Yes, you can if that's where your audience is and that's one, you know, part of your, your strategy. So have a bit of a, um, a plan and a think around where your audience might be um, and don't be afraid to try new things because a lot of marketing is about trial and error. Mm, so, yeah, the number one thing probably is know where your, where your customers are, what, what they're looking at. Yeah, that's so important. What about word of mouth? Because word of mouth used to be everything in terms of marketing, but it's yeah, not something absolutely. you can control, is it? No, look, or unless you're talking about customer testimonials, which I guess you do have a level of control over. Yeah, look, it, it is, it's one that's really important and you ask most business owners and they'll say, where do I get my best leads from? It's word of mouth. So that's really about nurturing relationships and that's where things like collaborations come in really handy because, as you know, if someone that, that you know has referred someone to you, it's a trusted lead. It's a warmer lead because there's already a level of trust there um, and there's usually some credibility around that. So the chances of you converting that lead are a lot higher as well. So a lot of it is around that relationships. Certainly testimonials are a great thing, but they're very underutilized as well. Some people, will, you know, they, they might, if they ask for a testimonial, all, all I'll do is I'll chuck it up on their website and that's it. But there's some great tools out there now where you can do video testimonials um, and send send them the questions. They quickly record it on their phone. It sends it back to you in a in a final um, file that you can that you can share out with your audience on on you know, if you're using social media in your email blasts on on YouTube wherever it might be. So these days, there's an app or a tool that does just about anything you need to, which will make your life so much easier from a marketing perspective. But it's about you know thinking what's going to work for you and um, and looking for those tools that are going to give you the best bang for your buck and you know the limited time that we all have. Mm. Do you have any favourite tools that you use on a regular basis? Oh, definitely Canva, and I think most people know about um, Canva these days. Um, I love it because obviously you can create your whole brand suite through it. It's so quick and easy to use. I use it for all my clients. One that I love to use as well, which I find um, great, is called um, Big View. I say Big View is one for recording video, but another one is Lumen 5. So Lumen 5 is one of my faves because what it actually does is it turns a blog post into a video. So you literally put your um, URL from your blog post into it. It pulls a whole bunch of slides and text through, and then you can go through and edit it and update your, like put your own branding in it. But it's for people who don't like doing video or don't want to be on camera. They can create video content by turning, you know, a blog that they've already got, repurposing that content, which is a smart thing to do, into a video that they can put across different channels. So it could be via email or YouTube or 
whatever it might be. And the other one I mentioned was Big View, which I love for recording videos. So it's got an inbuilt teleprompter in, in it, um, which you can just upload your script to. So if you're not confident on talking in a video, you can follow along on the script. It counts you down. It's got all the features of a great teleprompter. And all of those tools are free. Hmm. You just also mentioned video. How important is video becoming as a marketing tool for business owners? Very, very important. It always has been. It has been for some time. You know, all of the channels, so whether it's the social channels, um, even websites, you know, Google and stuff love video on um, on websites and landing pages and all that sort of stuff. The great thing about video is it's very engaging. So people get to see your personality. They get to see who you are. They feel like they get to know you better. You can get a lot of information across in a short amount of time. So if you do a 60-second or a two-minute video, that is much more preferential for a lot of people to watch that than to read a bunch of text on a website or a PDF download or something like that. So it's about um, really video is about engagement and, and showcasing your personality and your brand personality as well. You know, everyone's different um, and people do business with people, not brands. So if you can showcase who you are and people can resonate with that, that can be a really effective marketing tool for you. Yeah, there is that whole push for authenticity from business owners yeah. um, these days and it, it's almost as though the public and the customers are demanding it. They want to see the, the person behind the business. As you said, it's like people... People buy from people. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what would you say if I, if um, I'm a bit shy about putting my face in public? Is there a way to kind of ease into it? Yeah. Look, I think one of the easiest things to do is just practice and don't actually put it anywhere. So I'll say to people, just record some, just for fun. You don't actually have to put them up anywhere or, or upload them, but just by going through the process of um, you know, whether it's using the teleprompter or recording it, you will slowly get to feel more confident about it. Um, and that, you know, goes a long way because we'll, we always overthink everything, particularly when it comes to video. I go, oh, my hair doesn't look right. I'm not wearing the right outfit. Or, you know, my face is not looking great today. Or, you know, we, we come up with a whole bunch of excuses, which really no one cares about but us. So um, that perfectionism thing often takes over as well, because you know, I'm, I do the same thing. We'll watch the video back and go, oh, my God, look at that. That looks terrible. Um, but we've got to stop overthinking it because perfectionism is just a form of procrastination. So we can go, I can't do it yet. I have to wait for it to be perfect. Like I look back at some of the first videos I did years ago and I cringe and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I put that out there. But you have to start somewhere. You know, you've got to start, you know, just start by getting, trying to get a bit more comfortable with it just by practising um, and just start to put it out there. Don't be afraid of, you know, getting criticism. We're all going to get criticised at some point, but you'll be you'll find that most people are supportive of, um, of you know, business owners who, who try those types of things as well. So you have a bit of a thick skin sometimes when it comes to this stuff. Hmm. So from a business perspective, it's been a, a tough couple of years thanks to COVID. And one of the things that often is the first to go is people's marketing budget, but should it be? Oh, look, I'm going to be, I'm obviously I'm biased when I answer that question. <laughs> but look, no, I mean, you think about the most successful companies that have been around for years and years, Harvey Norman being, whether you love them or hate them, they continue to advertise like they normally do in a recession, in downtimes, because they know it's important to stay in front of people's faces and stay top of mind. So they don't go, I'm going to slash all our marketing because, you know, things are a bit quieter or whatever. So the thing with marketing is just consistency. And it's not about constantly having to be 
um, banging on people's heads constantly and in front of them all the time, but it's having a consistent presence. So even when you're busy, it's important to still have some marketing activity happening, whether that's sending emails out um, or sending, you know, creating videos or whatever it might be in your chosen channel. Just having that consistency so people remember and see who you are. I find a lot of businesses, particularly trades people are, are very bad at this. Well, they'll do a job and you'll never hear from them again. And the next time you need that service, you'll go, oh, who did I use? There was someone that came out before. I can't remember who it was because you had no communication from them in the meantime. So really it's about staying top of mind with the customers that you've used, that you've had in the past. And really your past customers are um, absolute untapped goal. The, the, you know, the, the, the simple thing of picking up a phone and ringing someone and going, how's things going? What's happening? You just never know where that, where that phone call can take you, where they might go, actually, yeah, we need to talk about such and such, or I know someone you should talk to. So, um, you know, some, some of that stuff we don't always want to do. It's easy to sit by, behind a screen and that's why social media has that appeal. We can sit behind a screen and we don't actually have to do too much. Whereas um, some of the most effective stuff, it just pushes us out of our comfort zone, maybe just a little bit. So would you advise if a business has the budget that they invest in a CRM? Yeah, look, I think CRMs are very, um, pardon me, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> um, if you just want to take that sentence again yes, so I, I can cut it out. Yeah, CRMs are very important and it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money. There's a lot of free CRMs or ones that are very low cost. Having the ability to capture data um, so whether that's visitor data, you know, when when, you, when people are downloading, you know, lead magnets, when you're contacting people, putting them into your CRM, segmenting those into lists of, of various segments, locations, whatever it might be, um, it's a really important part of your marketing. It's amazing the amount of business owners as you say, oh, do you have a list? And they go, oh, I've got bits and pieces of paper with names on them or business cards or I've got an Excel spreadsheet, but I haven't done anything with it. And you're like, you've got 2,000 names on that. Like that's, you know, there's a lot of potential business sitting right there that you're not utilising. So, again, a lot of the stuff that's effective just takes a little bit of work to do, but it will actually work better for you than, you know, posting on social media. And if you've only got a few hundred people that are following you, you know, the chances of, you know, you might get a handful of people, five people if you're lucky, actually see your post. So you're putting a lot of time and effort for very few eyeballs, where if you look at some of the other strategies, whether it's collaborations or guesting or, you know, all those types of things, you're getting in front of a lot more people and you're getting a lot a lot more bang for your buck and for your time as well. Mm. And also the, the thing where you're saying tapping into your existing customer base, like yeah. that's so important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so say I'm a, a startup, what's, what's the first thing I should be doing in terms of my marketing as a brand awareness campaign? Look, I think, um, yeah, I mean, certainly you need to get your name out there, but I think an important first step, and I wish I had have done this myself, was focused on getting those first couple of sales. So I think when we start, we go, oh, I have to have a website and I've got to have business cards and I've got to have all this fancy marketing material and we don't necessarily need that. I think the first thing we need to do is identify who our audience is going to be when we're starting our business and go and start to have conversations with people, potential um, collaborators, potential people that can refer you, uh, potential clients, start having that. I think it's always good to have some sort of a website or a landing page that you can refer them to because most people, that's what they're going to look at. So you want some sort of digital online presence to go, great, here you go. Here's some information about what I do and how I help people. But you don't need to go and spend $20,000 on a website and all this money. I mean, I don't even remember the last time I used a business card. Um, but, you know, worrying about all that sort of stuff because you can develop that as you go. So I think 
it takes a little bit of, um, you know, rethinking and re-engineering going, well, I don't have to have that because what often happens is we get stuck in this perfectionism mode and we go, oh, I'm going to sit here for three months and I'm going to create my brand and my website and all this sort of stuff, but you're not generating any revenue. So as a startup, it's really important to get in there first to start to go, well, who am I, who do I really want to talk to? Who is my core audience? So really identify who they are, be very specific and very niche about it and go to the market and start to have conversations, get in groups, you know, um, go to networking events, ask people questions. I think there's a lot of power in that from a marketing point of view, because you're going to get runs on the board faster and you can develop your marketing collateral and your assets and so forth as you go. So I probably have a bit of a different thinking to a lot of people who think, oh, you have to have this beautiful brand set up to start with. And I certainly did. I had some basics, but I did not have this, you know, this beautiful big brand um, as such. And I don't think that's something that you need when you're starting out because it's all about, you know, generating some dollars. Is it also about that why and the purpose? And and is that something that should also be part of your marketing? Yeah, look, I think so. I think um, people understanding why you do what you do um, is important and everyone has their own story. And that's one of the things I find missing on a lot of websites is people want to put, you know, a bit of a blurb about the company and I've been doing this for so many years and it's all very generic. But what we really need to see is the story of the people behind the business. Why did you start your business? Why do you have this passion for this particular product or service? Tell me more about that. You know, has it been because of, um, you know, there's been something big that's happened in your life that's impacted you in some way and that's why you've started it. People love the story element. It's one of the most visited um, pages on a website is the about us section. So really personalize it and make it your own because people are going there and they're looking at that going, oh, well, I really resonate with this person and I really like it. So sharing your story and sharing your why, again, it comes back to, as you said before, that authenticity piece. People want to do people that are real. There's so much fake stuff on social media these days that is just pure fluff that you know we need to get back to basics because it's all about people. You know, and at the end of the day, we buy from people, we interact with people, we have conversations with people and we need to bring it back to that. Yeah, and don't be afraid of sharing your story because that's what yeah. people will find fascinating. Absolutely. So what would your top tip for marketing be? Number one tip. If I only do one thing, what should it be? Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> the one thing, I suppose, is to really nail your message in terms of how you help people um, because that just really having a very clearly defined positioning statement will will attract the right people to you. So, for example, um, I go to a lot of websites and they'll have these big words that really don't mean anything. They'll go, oh, we're, you know, um, customer service focused, blah, 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 blah. And you go, what does that mean? Well, that doesn't mean anything. Whereas, um, you know, if you're wording things in a way of going, this is how I help and how I help my clients and this is who I help and it really clearly defines what that transformation is, if people know that when they come to your website and that's the first thing they see, they're going to be more inclined to click and and interact with you. So I think it's really important to really get that um, messaging piece right in terms of who you're helping and how you help them because that's, I suppose it's like an elevator pitch really, but um, it's it goes a long way to attracting the right type of people to start with. And what would you say your why is? What's your mission statement? Look, for me, I love the light bulb moments. So I love it when I can I have a conversation with someone and I see their eyes eyes light up and they go, oh, now I get it. And I go, oh, oh awesome, my job is done. So if I can help someone 
cut through a barrier that they're having or a challenge when it comes to their marketing. And I can see that they they finally understand, you know, what they need to do and how they need to do it. That like, you know, sends little flutters through my heart because I go, oh my God, I've actually helped someone um, become a better person, learn more, you know, take their business to another level. So, you know, like I love having a business for me. It was all, you know, very much about having the lifestyle that I wanted and the flexibility that I wanted in life and being able to travel and work from from anywhere. And everyone's different. We all want different things. But I think um, for me, having that ability to, to reach so many people and and to help them make those little improvements because I think there's so much emphasis on, on big and better and, you know, all this sort of stuff where it, just one step, you know, each day, a small improvement and small improvement. I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to go from zero to hero in, in no time at all. It's just not realistic. Hmm. And what about data? Because businesses collect so much data these days. Should they be thinking about that data and using that data when they're making their marketing decisions? Yeah, for sure. But it needs to be the right data as well because we can get overwhelmed. I mean, you just look at a, a Facebook analytics or a Google analytics and there is so much information on there. You can look at it and be totally overwhelmed. The data that you need to be looking at is the data that aligns directly to your goals. So if your goal is just to increase traffic to your website, then you need to be looking at the obviously the Google Analytics, how much new traffic is coming to our website and where is it coming from? So the data that you're looking at is going to be directly aligned to that. So I think it's important not to get overwhelmed with looking at data for everything, but we need to understand with the data who is coming to our website and our channels so we know if we're actually hitting the mark in terms of our messaging um, and how they're getting there. So what channels are they coming from? Because that tells us, well, hey, this is really working. We're getting all these people coming from YouTube. Let's do more of that. Or all these people are coming from our our referrals where we've done this guest blog on on this website. Let's do more of that. So that's why the numbers in marketing are so important because they are factual. It's not a, oh, we think. It's a, this is actual fact. So just don't get overwhelmed with the numbers, but look at the right numbers that align to what you're trying to achieve. Hmm. I think it's also not just the numbers that can be overwhelming, but sometimes the terminology, you know, like yeah. not every business owner is going to be au okay fait with the, the latest marketing terms. And I think sometimes that can be intimidating. And some of the reasons why they don't give something a go is because they're like, oh, that's a bit, yeah, a bit over my head. It's a bit scary. And that's why I say to people, particularly if they've got technical products, um, sorry, but lawyers are notoriously bad for this and they use a lot of law talk and jargon and stuff like that and these big words that most people don't understand. So if your audience isn't another lawyer, a lot of the time they're not going to understand the language on your website. And a lot of, you know, IT technical people, they use this other language and they and these terms that people go, I don't know what that means. Like I'll say, oh, yeah, you have got to have, to have your CTA involved. And people go, what's CTA? Oh, call to action. So I always pull myself up on that as well now and go, well, hang on, I've got to stop using jargon and terms and assume that other people know it because I'm going to assume that they don't instead and use much simpler ways of explaining things. So I think we tend to do that because we know our industry and we know what we're doing day to day. But we've got to remember that other people probably don't. So keeping that language simple and talking to them on their level is so important. And if someone uh, doesn't have the budget for uh, PR or marketing, Mm -hmm. do you suggest that they um, at least try to have some kind of initial conversation with an expert so that they can wrap their head around what they should be doing for the business? 
I'm big on learning. I love learning. I'm always doing courses, reading things, reading books, um, constantly learning and upskilling and finding new ways and open to new ideas. And I think that's really important. So there is so much information online these days that you can access for free. So if you don't have a budget, you know, um, you know, websites like yours, um, you know, flying solo, all these, you know, there's great resources there where you can educate yourself. So even if you don't want to do it yourself, like for me, I hate um, accounting. I'm never going to do that. It's not. I'm not. A, I'm not good at it. But I understand the basics. So when my accountant's talking to me, I know what she means. I know what I, I need to do, and and so forth. I know I'm never going to do it, but I've got an understanding of it. Same with your marketing, um, or your PR, or, or anything else that you're looking at. There's so many. There's free courses you can do. There is abundance of information. Reach out and talk to a lot of these experts. Will give you a free consultation, and they'll talk to you through it and go. Here's what I suggest you do. Um, some of them offer, um, you know, like a, a service where you can have a con- pay for a consult as needed to get the advice that you need as well. So there's always ways to to get that information and use those great resources that are there. You know, um, I'm always sharing free resources and sharing information because I just think if I can educate people, that's going to help them get a step further, then that's a great thing for everybody. Hmm. I totally agree with you. And on that note, give us a bit of a plug for your website. And I know you've, you've probably got some workshops coming up. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> I'll start again. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in the process of launching a podcast called Sales Without Social. So that's going to be um, happening at the end of September. And alongside of that, I'm um, in the process of creating an online course, which is called Sales Without Socials as well, which I've got waitlist for both of those things. So if you want to understand more about how to do this and not be so focused on social media, I'd um, I'd love you to go and join those waitlists and, and check those out. And of course, I've got my main website, which is digitalconversations.com.au, where you can find a whole bunch of free resources and blogs and videos and all that sort of stuff to, to help, you know, educate you and, and give you some more insights in some of those areas as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been great chatting with you and thank you for sharing all those tips. Thank you.